Wayne, your voice is so good. Like you have such a beautiful voice. It is just, I could, you know how you feel about my voice. It's funny. Cause I feel that way about yours. Like I could listen to you talk forever. You should be doing, I mean, you should be reading audio books. You should be doing voiceover. Are you doing voiceover work? Hey, this is Nikki Boyer and you are listening to the Wayne Holtz podcast. As I've mentioned before, after a day of running around or a night of performing, I rarely listen to music. I like to relax with a good podcast. And today we are talking to a podcast legend. By the way, if you're having a cocktail while you listen to this, the drinking word is podcast. Don't drink and drive. I was first introduced to her years ago as a frequent guest on The Wendy Williams Show and as a co-host of my go-to podcast, Straight Talk with Ross Matthews. From then, she went on to create Dying for Sex, a podcast that follows her friend, the dear Molly, as she finds new sensuality and adventure in the final stages of her life. The show not only has over 10 million downloads and counting, but also won them Podcast of the Year at the Ambi Awards. Through that journey, she met Molly's chaplain, Reverend Peggy, and now, along with the help of Miss Peggy, our guest brings you the new podcast, Near Death, a show that, despite its title, provides jovial, poignant, and a bit eerie true life stories from people facing the final moments in this realm. It's an honor to welcome three-time Emmy winner and someone, and this is not an exaggeration, whose voice I've listened to for hundreds of hours, Miss <laughs> Nikki Boyer. Hello. Hi. Oh, Wayne, that was a beautiful intro. Thank you. I loved it. Well-deserved. Oh, I love being here. And now I have to ask you, as we ask everyone, um, where in the world are you calling from and what is your environment right now? Oh, that's a beautiful question. I am in blazing blazing hot la quinta california which is right near palm springs so i am in the desert um sweating and burning my ass off but i have a little pool so i dip in it quite frequently um but i'm in the ac right now sitting on my comfy couch uh looking at the sun beating down on my on my swimming pool which i've never had a pool before in my life so that's where i'm calling from i was just about to say uh that is the number one thing that i'm because i'm in texas so the heat is probably just as equal to where you're feeling over there right <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's hot there too. it's abnormally hot where you are right it's really bad like people yeah, are really suffering bad. everyone if you're listening right now have you drank your water today please make sure yeah, you're exactly. hydrating gets your hat you know the dry heat is different oh my god i sound like i'm 90 let's talk about the weather um <laughs> it, the dry heat is different i was raised born and raised in st louis missouri where that humid that hot humid summer where everything's wet and everything is heavy i have to say i like the dry heat i like my i like my retirement community heat here in the desert it works out and when did you did you move out there recently i moved here on accident um two years ago okay <laughs> Ross Matthews was like, you have to come down and look at properties in Palm Springs. Well, Palm Springs was just 
way too pricey for what you're getting. And so I just kept inching farther and further away. And I found La Quinta, which I didn't even know it existed. Um, but I, uh, they did record an episode of The Bachelor here during quarantine. And okay. I remember going, La Quinta, who lives in La Quinta? And now I do. So I love it here. But it was an, it was, it was an accident. I didn't mean to move here full time. But once you get wind of the desert life and you start to become accustomed to the just the early dinners at four happy hours pool, oh. dip in the pool yeah you kind of you, you get okay with it so I'm, I'm good and and speaking of of accidents you know i wouldn't re-listening to everything um you know i kind of loved and i want you to talk a little bit about this if uh, for everyone who doesn't know nikki was previously uh, a guest on the podcast you were actually my first returning guest nikki can i say that <gasps> That makes me so proud. Thank you. Yes, and I'm proud to have you be that one. Um, and on the previous episode, we did talk about your podcast, Dying for Sex, that you did with your friend Molly, who you know is no longer with us. But during the time that she was there and in those moments leading up to her transitioning into the the next form of life, you know, you kind of yeah. found yourself in an accidental show and an accidental success. Can you tell us a little bit about that and just um, give the new listeners a brief description of the show? Sure. I oh, know. I'd love that. I, any chance I get to talk about Molly, I'm looking at a picture of her right now on my piano and I just, oh, I love talking about her. So when Molly got diagnosed with uh, stage four breast cancer, she just decided to make some really bold choices in her life. So she left her marriage of 15 years and decided to go on a very sexy journey, like sexual escapades, trying all the things she wished she would have, being open to all kinds of different partners because she wanted to explore that part of herself before she died. And I just, whenever she would tell me about it, because she told me every little tiny last detail, which was amazing. And I said, I think there's something here. There's something kind of magical in the heat. I mean, the sex stories were amazing, but there's a healing story here. And I think sex is, is a really interesting, sex and death combined are just a really interesting conversation to have. It's the two things that nobody ever wants to talk about and finances, but we, we, we didn't talk about money because that's boring. Uh, we were both broke. So who wants to talk about being broke? So when we, we started on the journey, it just, I had no idea, Wayne, where it was going to lead me. I just knew that what she was doing was outside of the norm, and I thought it was really brave, and I wanted to be on that journey with her. So we started recording, and we told her story, and the twists and the turns that happened, I would have never expected, but it was the most um, empowering story I've ever been able to, to tell, and I'm, I'm still telling it. And I, she's still with me, but if you haven't listened to Dying for Sex, it's it's about sex. The first three episodes, you're going to get some sex, but let me tell you, episodes three through six, because it's a, a mini-series, you're going to learn more about life and how to live and how to make the most of your life, I think, through Molly, because it's really fascinating to talk about how to live your life with someone who's actually dying. That perspective is unbelievable. And I think I think you get some of that in Dying for Sex. And we're going to move on to near death in a bit. But, you know, one of the great things I loved about Dying for Sex, and you definitely just mentioned, also another drinking word, sex, y'all. Um, and so, <laughs> but one thing you definitely learned from that podcast um, was not only 
we got to know Molly and her spirit. But it's really, you know, a humorous and, you know, I, I will use this word again, poignant, just um, mm-hmm. front seat view of, you know, someone going through those moments and really um, not giving a fuck, being humorous as hell. And also, yeah. you know, you learning or teaching you um, unintentionally about yourself and yes. provoking you to have thoughts that you kind of we kind of shy away from. Right. A hundred percent. I don't think, well, first of all, I wouldn't be telling the stories I'm telling in my life and on my podcast and creatively if it weren't for Molly sort of pushing me, right? Pushing to talk about this stuff. First of all, Molly and mine's friendship um, was always the friendship where you went to lunch for an hour and six hours later I would come home and my husband would be like, oh, you had breakfast, lunch and dinner with Molly because (laughs) she just wouldn't, there was never surface conversation. It was never you know about the weather it was about really deep stuff but we laughed the whole time and it was just insanity every time we were together and I thought I think best friends this is how best friends are like you say your deepest darkest stories and then you laugh about it and then you go into your childhood trauma and then you laugh and make inappropriate jokes about it and I couldn't wait to do that on a podcast with her how it was received, I had no idea. And to be honest, Wayne, I didn't give a fuck. I didn't care. I was like, this is a, a story I want to tell. And if people love it, great. And if they don't, it wasn't meant for them. And I think the response just let me know that people want to talk and want to go to those dark places. And they want to laugh about it at the same time, the way they do with their best friends. And I was so honored that so many people trusted us and 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 gave us that time to kind of like allow them to go more deeply within themselves and to laugh at shit. Because if you can't laugh at the insanity that is life, then you're in trouble because it's a mess. No, the audience knows that about me. Okay. But, uh, (laughs) you know, like definitely like giving them people like almost permission or just, you know, maybe the opportunity that they hadn't expected to, to have that conversation with themselves. And I've been, you know, checking up on you. And so I listened recently <laughs> to your uh, interview with Mark Summers. Um, yes, Double oh, Dare, yeah. everyone. And oh, I was so starstruck, Wayne. It was almost <laughs> embarrassing. And he called me the other day on my cell phone. And I saw his name come up and I was like, ah! like I was screaming. So if you don't know Double Dare, Google it. Because it's, 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 it's unbelievable. Google it, kids. And on there, you talked about, you know, how... At this point in your life, you, you know, you've been trying to, you've had such a long career. And one of the things you really wanted to do was, you know, spread important stories and to the masses, you know, and how at this stage in your career, this really gave you the opportunity to tell those stories, maybe in a way that you weren't expecting for yourself. A hundred percent. I think we get so stuck in the narrative that we have of what our life looks like and what we should be talking about. And then someone comes in and just kind of asks you a question and you go, oh, I, I guess I can talk about that. So for example, with Mark Summers, he asked me about my life and he asked me about personal things. And because I was so inspired by Molly's bravery, now I just, I let it all out. Like I talk about my fertility issues. I talk about the fact that I didn't get to become a biological mom. I talk about the fact that like, you know, sometimes this career is the most amazing thing I've ever done. And sometimes it sucks the living soul out of me. Like I, it really I've gotten to a point where I just, I give less fucks. And a lot of that is because Molly showed me that it's not so serious because it sounds so morbid, but like, we're all going to die and we're all going to look back at this and be like, oh, look how cute we were when we were living and so naive, <laughs> thinking that was so important. Oh, look at us. That was so cute. <laughs> 
I love that. And you know, the, the plan for your life always changes. And I always say that, uh, you know, Wendy Williams didn't get her TV show until she was 45. And so you have to be very much open to the future and the future yes. beyond. And we're going to talk about your present with near death in just a second. Here at the Wayne Holtz Podcast, we get down and dive deep with the personalities you want to hear more from. Host, author, co-host on the Drew Barrymore Show. And a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race, don't forget that. Ross Matthews. Filmmakers and Degrassi alums, Andrea Lewis and Mike LaBelle. Yeah, and when I when I got onto the show, everybody was so friendly. And um, and because we've seen people at auditions, like my very first audition, I saw Aubrey. I didn't even know myself so well back then, but I think casting nailed it. I do feel like I was meant to play that role. The Tigre legend, J.D. Sampson. The Tigre was really all about coming out of Riot Girl and creating a dance space for people to talk about the same kind of things, but not in such an angry genre. It was almost like we can be angry and still be dancing. The bad boy of podcasting, Ryan Bailey. And I, I agree with you completely. Like it is, uh, podcasts really are amazing because you really just get to talk to, uh, people that you actually want to talk to and there's like an excuse for it you know it is like sometimes these dreams that you go after like you're going to get a shot at it if you work hard but you might have to sacrifice something else in the way you don't want to miss this lineup of guests listen to the wayne holtz podcast on spotify apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows we are back with podcaster and honestly, like low key legend Nikki Boyer. Okay, and wait, can I use that? Can I ca- start calling myself low key legend? Please hashtag it. Let's go. Oh my god! No, because looking back on your career, I was like, wait, because I know I had done research for um, when we t- spoke before, but I really kind of went off of just you know the things I had heard on Straight Talk because uh, just to remind everyone, Nikki was the co-host uh, on an, another iconic podcast, Straight Talk with Ross Matthews for years. And I mean, I've like I said, I've heard your voice. I can't I've, I'm logging the hours over here. It's like I'm <laughs> clocking in, you know what I mean? And so yes. the, so I knew stuff from you from the, that show, um, but you know looking back on everything that you've done over the years and you know, the career is real the drive is real and uh I just like I respect it so much and you continue that drive with uh Reverend Peggy who you met as Molly's chaplain yeah in you know in those months and in that time can you explain first of all what a chaplain is to everyone yes absolutely by the way thanks for all those kind words you just said my god so so grateful for all of that um so when Molly was dying in the hospital, she was there for quite a while. I mean, it was from beginning to end, I want to say it was like a four-month process. That's a long time to be in a hospital. And she knew about a month after of being there, she probably wasn't leaving. Um, so she was on sort of hospice care, but it, it, was, it was palliative care. And uh, she, you know, the spiritual care team, which I didn't even know existed in a hospital, right? I just like, when you see priests or chaplains in the hospital you're like oh they must just live at a church and then they walk on over and come in and bless people and leave like i didn't know so um molly said to me my my um chaplain is coming and i was like you're what like (laughs) wait what so official i love it 
I was like, that sounds hilarious coming out of Molly's mouth because she was not religious and she was Jewish. I'm like, you're cha- you're Christian chaplain. So a Christian cha- reverend Peggy is a reverend. I mean, she has her master's of divinity, which I didn't know existed. She went to school for a very long time for, um, you know, her, you know, education and theology. And she's brilliant and funny. And so and she's a woman. And in my mind, I just thought all chaplains were like dudes with like dandruff and that were weird. So like she says, Peggy's coming, my chaplain, Peggy. And I was like, great. She's like, she's been really amazing and really helpful. So Peggy walks in and she's like this beautiful woman with like a cute outfit on and nice lipstick. I'm like, what? So immediately I was like, where'd you get the lipstick? That is beautiful. Why do you, or why are you so cute? And do you love Jesus? Like, what's the story? Do you date? Is he your man? Like we went right into it. So immediately I knew I was going to love Peggy. And all jokes aside, she was so instrumental in helping Molly gracefully pass. I think we we never think, if we're lucky enough to have a, a passing that's not tragic, where we're not hit by a car or in a you know tsunami or drowning or something horrible, and you get the beauty of you know being in a room and saying goodbye to people and being thoughtful about how you want to die. You want a chaplain. You want a Reverend Peggy next to you because she really helped Molly sort of ask the tough questions, get clear about what she wanted, get clear about some closure, get, she just really navigated Molly's death for her and helped her come to some beautiful closure within herself. So I was enamored with Peggy. I was like, oh my God, who is this woman? She's amazing. And she dates and she drinks martinis (laughs) and she's like a person in the world. She's on match.com. I'm like, what? Okay, Peggy. So I would just, yeah, I was exactly Wayne. So of course I went into like, you know, I need to know more about this woman. She's amazing. And then we became friends. And I said, would you want to do a podcast together? And her life is fascinating. I mean, her way they her growing up and her family full of witches that she says she comes from and her, you know, seeing supernatural things. since she was like five, but she's witnessed 2000 people die Wayne. And I can't imagine like what that is like to do as a job. So I was like, I need to know more. So instead of just taking her to lunch, I said, let's do a podcast. <laughs> what a show, I got to tell you. And, you know, I've do dived you like in. it? I've dived in. I mean, I, yesterday, I was actually like, it, again, y'all. Well, let me say this, number one. Everyone that knows me and knows me on like a really personal level knows that I like more upbeat um, content. I like, you know, things that make me laugh. Definitely think I like a little dancing, a little drama. Shout out Gossip Girl Degrassi. Um, But, you know, I I don't necessarily like I cry already with those things. You know what I mean? So I don't necessarily like to listen or consume things that, you know, really bring me to that place, which um, yesterday I was listening to an episode. And I mean, I was like sobbing, washing dishes. And then uh, maybe five minutes later, I was cracking up, you know. And so it's like taking you on this huge roller coaster and I'm into it. (laughs) You know, I spent my whole career talking about pop culture on the Wendy Williams show, gossiping about celebrities, on the red carpet, hanging out at the Grammys. Like, I had a really great career doing really fun pop culture stuff. And then and now I'm like the sex and death girl. It's hilarious. I'm like, oh, let's, you know, let's get photobombed by Beyonce one moment. And the next moment, I'm like, let's talk about how your heart feels when someone dies. And I agree with you. I love to listen to things that uplift me, but I find myself continuing to make content that makes you have those uncomfortable 
conversations. I don't know why I get off on them so much, Wayne. But I'm la- I'm so happy that I can make you cry and laugh all while doing dishes. I love the emotional uh, range of the situation. And also, you have the voice to, like really say those kind of things you know what i mean like you have you have one of those voices and please take this um i don't mean anything by this but you have those voices like i want to eat you know what i mean like there are some voices where i'm just like oh my god like it has a texture it has like a physicality to it you know what i mean and oh my so god that's the best compliment you, ever and i mean it you are the perfect person along with miss peggy to bring in that conversation to people and and talk about some of the you know more a little bit sad a little bit you know tear bringing but also things that make you like really think and contemplate yourself and you know appreciate life that's one thing that i really took away from the the show is you know i definitely was hearing a lot of things that really were reminding me about appreciating everything, you know? And that's honestly great timing because that's been a, a journey for myself that I've been on over the last God knows how long. But, you know, right. really just, um, you know, I love that for myself, Nikki, that I listened to your podcast like at just the right time and that I got to oh, just binge good. it because I wanted more. I was like, oh, I need more and I need more stories from Miss Peggy. And, and I mean, she is a star on her own and amazing right like so she just brings so much to her you know her her stories are so beautiful and thoughtful and funny and supernatural and things go on at this hospital that you'd never think go on like exorcisms and hauntings and it's just a whole world i didn't know existed and she's just a delight so i mean yeah if you haven't listened to near death you you'll laugh you'll cry we end every show with a martini i mean why not um but i do think that when you have these sort of uncomfortable emotional conversations peggy calls it making a date with death you don't have to you don't have to talk about it or think about it for days on end just for an hour or 10 minutes think about it talk about it free and i feel like when you have these uncomfortable conversations with family and friends or even conversations with yourself you free up some of that space inside of yourself um, because once you start talking about it, it kind of like lets a little fear, like it lets a little fear out and it lets it exhale. And then you can go, oh, that was that was really uncomfortable for that 15 minutes to talk about it or think about it. Like, what do you want to have happen to your body when you're gone? Does your family know that? Are you a donor? What do you want your funeral to be like? Do you want to be buried? Are you on the DNR list? Like, there are really morbid things to think about. But, Wayne, the one thing that's going to happen to all of us is that we going to die. We are all <laughs> going to die. So we may as well just talk about it and laugh about it. Like, can I ask you, like, what do you what, what do you want done with your body when you're gone? Um, so I do, I don't, I don't have an official will, but I do have, uh, it is in writing with a You do? That's brilliant. Okay, great. Just to like, just so that there's some evidence out there of like what I would want. And you know, I would definitely like to be cremated and basically, uh, either buried with my dogs because they're buried in the same place (laughs) or, um, just like spread across anywhere beautiful, but just not the ocean. Got it. No Why not water. the ocean? I'm curious. No water. I don't, you like, I, don't I don't trust people that can, or things that can breathe underwater. And I am just <laughs> like not. 
I always say, like, if they're if if the aliens are here, you know, if the cra- the crazy stuff that's happening is happening in the ocean, girl. Okay, and I'm like, I'm not trying to have that be where I'm resting, watching all that shit. Go oh down. my god, girl. I kind of I kind of get it. I kind of get it. <laughs> no, but you know, uh, I love those conversations that you all have. So please oh, make sure yeah. you're listening to Near Death available wherever you get your podcast and it's brought to you by dying for media which is nikki's company and so we're gonna have a little more conversation right after this break this episode is sponsored by sheath underwear comfortability holds the crown when you're running around town and sheath underwear always helps me hold it down whether I'm chilling at home or grabbing a mic for the road, Sheath always has me covered below. From their breathable materials and custom designs to making sure I look good in front or behind, Sheath is my kind of underwear. They have everyone covered, by the way, and so do I. So use promo code WANIAC at sheathunderwear.com for 20% off of your order. That's S-H-E-A-T-H underwear.com. here with Nikki Boyer, everyone. <laughs> Speaking of conversations, can we talk about how proud we are of Ross for being on the Drew Barrymore show and everything that's happening with him right now? Okay. I love that man probably almost as much as his husband does. We, I was just with him two days ago. We were here and he just, there were just multiple Emmy nominations for RuPaul's Drag Race, which Insane. he's the judge on. Like, so good. I, when I met Ross... 15, 16 years ago on the red carpet, mind you, we were at the Golden Globes. We were both working. Um, I met him there and I wrapped my leg around him. Super inappropriate. Like did not ask him permission. Didn't say, are you okay with this? And I just said, we're going to be friends. Like, so from that moment on, I just, I, I, I just adore him and he's one of my favorite humans and I'm so incredibly proud of him. And that Drew Barrymore show is just so magical and so Girl. fun to be a part of. Yeah. Don't you love it? It's it's a fever dream. I mean, there is so mm-hmm. much going on in the best way. <laughs> and like <laughs> she is so funny and and so connected to her guests and so encouraging. And also, you know, she's truly herself. And so just watching that show oh, yeah. is, you know, like I love just seeing someone say, this is my show, this is what I wanted to do, and let's go, you know? <laughs> and uh, I feel Talk like... about being so authentically yourself and don't really care what other people think and just go there. Like, that is true. She is just, she is so her. And she's earned that, right? Like, right? Like, look what, first of all, what she's been through and what she's, like, being in the public eye from basically an embryo until now. And I just find her to be so interesting and so loving and so kind. But you get, yeah, that's who she is on the show. Um, when I met her in person, when I got to be on the show, because Ross invited me, which was such a treat. I was like, this is this is an experience like no other. She's amazing. And I've been on Wendy, too, which is also was an experience like no other. I just love daytime talk shows. Like, I hope they never go away. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, though, I mean. We're talking about a lot of my favorites right now. I didn't even think to prepare any 
Wendy questions right now. But, you know, we're also at Wendy. I'm sending you my love in general. Um, you know, she is one of my heroes. I really I really look up to her. Um, I'm sure I asked you this before. Can you share just a memory of Wendy or something interesting or funny that you saw or just like a moment that like was like, oh, my God. Yes, I I miss her. And I there there was two moments. There was one where I was on her show and I was talking about Liberace and I said something about him and I made her genuinely laugh. And Wendy doesn't really laugh at people like she right. laughs at situations. She laughs at herself. She'll laugh at the audience. But like I made her laugh so hard that she couldn't like catch her breath and get pull it together. And I'll, I was like, oh, I felt so honored that I made her. I tickled her. Right. Oh like, really. and I was so proud of myself. I was like, oh, my God. And then the other time was I was hosting a show on Yahoo and it was called Daytime in No Time, where we basically recapped the greatest moments in daytime TV and put them into a little sizzle and put it on Yahoo. And I hosted it. And I mean, it was very successful. It was crazy successful because it was right when the Internet really started making digital content. We had like 700 million views on our show. It was wild. So we shot in this little studio in the middle of Santa Monica. And I mean, it was like there was a couch, a light, a bunch of desks, and we all ate. We took our lunch breaks in there did my hair and makeup and shot like it was a tiny little janky looking studio so wendy comes into town and we somehow through our pr department booked for her to come be on the show so you imagine wendy by the way she's so tall and in person she is stunning like she walks in and you're like wow she walks into our janky ass studio and we're like hi wendy and she looks around and she goes all right, let's do it. She sits on my couch, my my couch with like one light and a camera. And she, I thought, I was nervous. I was sweating. I was like, she thinks this is ridiculous. This, and then I stopped and I remember where she came from. Yes. She worked her way up. She did radio. She probably recorded in shitty spaces. I'm like, she knows how this is. And she did every bit every joke every line she stayed she was very kind and loving and when she left she was like thank you this was amazing and i thought oh my gosh she gets it like she really gets it and that was really one of my favorite memories of her i love that and she does she does get it honey and that's one of the reasons i like fully look up to her i mean you can you can say a lot about anybody honey i'll say that right now but one thing you can't say about Wendy is that she's not aware of what what it is, you know? And um, you saying, like, her walking in and her just being like, okay, where are we doing? I was at her star, <laughs> I was at her Hollywood star signing. And, yeah. like, when she got out of the car, she literally was just like, she was smiling and doing her thing, but she was just like, mm-hmm, and sat down and was just like, let's see what y'all are going to do. <laughs> she was just... Oh, my God. And like, wow. I mean, what a, what a, an aware, hilarious, um, I just, I just, I, I adore her so much. So I, I, I love yeah. hearing that. And, um, you're speaking of your Yahoo days and your red carpet days. I have to ask. Oh my gosh. I'm, okay. So ask what? Oh gosh, did, I'm nervous. Ask me. You did have that time. You've had many red carpet situations in general. But I was yes. also looking at the time when you were on the carpet with One Direction and <gasps> with Michael Yo. And yes. I mean, 
that was an interesting moment. And what was it like? Because that was One Direction mania, okay? That wasn't the height of the situation. I know because I remember, because Harry had that hair that was just a little long, like, to his, almost under his shoulders. Like, he was about yep. to transition into the situation. And, <laughs> um, like... What was it like when you were like, okay, I'm going to, One Direction's about to come over, we're going to get the tea, and they are uh, a bunch of goofballs. How was that? Well, they're, I mean, they were, they were, you know, they, they were thrust into this limelight. And I think, you know, our brains don't become fully developed really till we're, what, 25. So I can't even imagine what it was like for them. They're all kind and charming and sweet. But they're also just dudes. They're like these young dudes who were like, don't take everything super seriously, right? They were having a good time. Let me tell you, technically, so this was a big One Direction live event. And it's not very often that you do things that are fully live. Uh, but we were live, Michael, Yo, and I were hosting, and all of the digital content that we were supposed to be sifting through and using, somehow we lost a feed. We lost that information as we were live on the air. I don't know. I've even said this out loud before, but we were scrambling. And as you know, when you do live TV, you wear something, I think it's still called an IFB, where you can hear your director in your ear from the booth where they are like somewhere, you know, far away, like in a, in a, what do you call that? Like a, a camper or a, like a, a little area where they're, they're directing the whole show. And they're talking to you through your ear. There were so many teenage girls screaming at the top of their lungs. I couldn't hear anything the director was saying. So here you got me and Michael Yo trying to sift through our phones and pull shit up and make sense of this. You've got so much screaming and yelling that I don't know which camera to look at. And then One Direction comes over to us and there's, you know, a, a group of people and we're all just trying to figure this out on live TV. It was a hot mess, but I loved every second of it and I loved you know, I just love getting to like say I knew them when I met them. I met them when they, you know, first got started, and it was just and the movie was great. I thought it was really fun. I mean, they, they're like teenage, you know, teenage girl dreams right here. I mean, hello, they were just adorable and so great. They were also like respectful and and um, yeah, I have a warm little spot in my heart for One Direction. And you did ask them uh, one question, which I want to ask you, because I know that you've been working on and, like, are really cultivating uh, a story about your own life. And and you've got a great story to tell. Who would you want to play you in <gasps> a movie? Harry Styles. Harry Styles. Right. Oh. Uh, could you? No. Um, you know, that's a really good question. Um, you know who someone keeps telling me? People keep saying to me, you, when I see this actress, I feel like I'm watching you. And it's such a compliment because I love her. But Linda Cardellini. Wow. Okay. Do you ever, do you see that? Yes. Okay. I can definitely see that. That is left mm. field. But I am here for that. I, Linda Cardellini. Um, so I'm, I'm here for that too. Um, but I'm curious if you were going to do your story, who would play Wayne? Oh, Drake. <laughs> Or duh, why'd I even bother? I like there's just duh. too much. Like I could just see him like getting it, and I like to. I would love to see him running around in uh, some of my outfits. Let's just say that. Oh, okay. the red one, like the red one, where like it's all like little pieces of fabric. That red outfit you yeah. wore on Instagram it was a long time ago, but I will never forget it. Like that's iconic. That is 
that's low-key legend right there. <laughs> and we are so honored to have had low-key legend Nikki Boyer on this <laughs> podcast, okay? Make sure you're keeping up with her and listening to her newest pod, Near Death, available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as Dying for Sex. Let's make sure to get her over that 10 million. She's probably already at 11 million or 12, okay? <laughs> Downloads everywhere you listen to your stuff. Um, Nikki, what an honor it's been. Oh my gosh, I, first of all, you ask the best questions. I adore you. And I could listen to your voice, by the way, and like all the time. So it's even. The love here is even. And thanks to all your listeners for the support. I really, really appreciate it. You hear that, Waniacs? She says thank you. <laughs> and I thank you for checking in. Have a good one. Goodbye. When it comes to looks and smarts, I'll give you five out of five kisses. This episode was produced and engineered by Nick Shan. Every time I hear you mock, I wish that I can be a missus. Let me rise to the occasion. I'll photo you at the radio station in my head. One minute with Mark You won't quit talking once you start to thug I can't stop the beating in my